Hello and welcome back to the Great Date Guy podcast. My name is Rob Wong and today we're talking about three things that you can do today to become more attractive to your date or your partner. A lot of the stuff that we discuss on this podcast is like longer term, right? It's stuff that takes a little time to sink in. Um, ultimately, the goal here is that you walk into any room of your choosing and there are people that will naturally gravitate towards you. Um, not because you're behaving or acting a certain way, not because you're pretending to be someone that you're not, but because how you're showing up in that moment makes you naturally attractive to these people. You don't have to think about it, you just show up as you and you show up as the most authentic, self-expressed version of you. Now, again, this this kind of thing takes time. It's scary getting to that level of self-expression. So in the meantime, I've got a few pointers. I was gonna say tricks, but tricks is probably not the right term to use when it comes to a podcast about vulnerability and authenticity. So, (laughs) uh, a few tools that you can use. Uh, to make yourself more attractive to men. And the first one is really simple, right? The tip is just wear more red. Um, Studies have shown that men find women wearing red to be one, just more attention grabbing, right? More interesting. And two, they find those women to be more sexually attractive. Now, if we are to go with the evolutionary psychology approach to this, if we look at the biology of this, uh, you see that certain primates get red butt cheeks when it's time to have sex, right? When they're in heat, like kind of like cats, right? They go into heat like once or, wait, no, that's not right. I don't know what, I don't know how frequently cats have sex. (laughs) Okay, yeah, but it's periodic, right? So in that sense, like sex is even more of a commodity uh, for those particular species of animals. Now, um, there's reason to believe that we descended from that or we have some commonality with those animals, except like we evolved so that fertility happens fairly frequently for us. Um, And we no longer have to rely on those, but there is a part of our brain that's very interested in that color nonetheless. Um, And scientists suspect that's the reason why. Is it truth? I don't know, but what we do know is that red works and it will get you consistently chosen over someone who's not wearing red, who is equivalently attractive to that person. So give it a shot and let me know how that one goes for you. Number two, pick an exciting date, right? Pick something to get his blood pumping. And I'll explain the reasoning for this right after I explain the study. Um, So the study was conducted in one of two scenarios. In scenario one, um, a guy would show up uh, to the testing location, which in this case was for some reason a bridge, right? It was a low bridge over like a little pond. It looked nice, a very calm, steady bridge. Um, The guy would walk up the bridge and then he would talk to the experimenter. She would give him like five pictures. And then it was his job to tell the story about those five pictures. And after it was done, um, the experimenter would take back the pictures and then she'd give him a phone number, her phone number, in case he had any questions about the study, which I thought was pretty slick. (laughs) Um, And that was the end of scenario one. In scenario two, 
it was the same exact situation. Guy shows up, guy gets five pictures, and then the experimenter gives her uh, phone number over to the guy. Except in this case, the place where they were meeting was a very high bridge, right? It was kind of shaky, it was gusty, it was like a couple stories off the ground. Um, and what's really remarkable is that in the instance of the high bridge, the men were much more likely to tell stories about those pictures that were like sexual in nature. Um, they were much more likely to give that experimenter a call and ask her out on a date. Um, significantly more than the men who were just on like a normal calm meeting on a bridge. So what scientists believe is happening in this situation is that um, your body's arousal and, and when I say arousal, I think the natural assumption is just to talk about erections, which, you know, in this case is actually <laughs> accurate for once. <laughs> but when your system is aroused, that means that um, it's prepared for action. Your blood is pumping um, and your pupils are dilating. It, you're, you're getting ready for something. It could be excitement. It could be fear. Um, it's important to recognize that those cues can go either way, right? Depending on context. So if, if uh, I'm experiencing all those symptoms, I might be sweating, my palms are sweaty, like my heart is pounding and I'm having trouble finding words. Um, if I am running from a pack of wolves, <laughs> then my brain will interpret those signals as fear. It's in a, my body will be in an arousal state, right? And that extra meaning gets layered on top of that. However, if I'm surrounded by beautiful women or women in general, uh, my brain will tell me that the stuff that I'm experiencing is as a result of the people that I'm surrounded by, which is why it's really easy to bond with people um, when we survive like a dangerous situation with them. Um, one might argue that this is like a misattribution of signals to the brain. Um, but I think this kind of stuff happens like all the time naturally, right? When we go camping with someone, when we go hiking with someone, when we go into the outdoors at all, or we try on something new, there's this naturally arises. So if you want to give yourself the best possible shot at creating that spark with someone, Take them on an adventurous date. Have a good time. Take a risk. <laughs> and <laughs> let me know how that pays out. So I guess you have a lot of follow-up with me this week. Now, the final piece is known as the mirror exposure effect. And that... Well, let me rewind. Um, so... If I were to lay out an example of the mirror exposure effect, it would be with celebrities, right? You ever notice how certain celebrities, when you first see them, aren't that attractive? And over time, they become more and more and more attractive. Um, if you grew up in the same era as me, you might remember the Backstreet Boys. You might remember the Backstreet Boys as being very, very attractive. And if you go now to your computer and Google the Backstreet Boys, um, you might be surprised to find that they are not as attractive as you might have remembered. <laughs> um, they, they, they actually look kind of frumpy, right? And the reason for this, I, I suspect, 
The reason for this is because of the mirror exposure effect. That is to say, the more often we see a certain face, the more attractive it becomes to us. And I think this has something to do with the way that our brains perceive attraction, uh, attractiveness uh, in general. Um, scientists have found that one of the best ways to predict how attractive someone's face is, is by averaging a bunch of faces together. And the most average face is also like the most feminine, the most masculine, the most, uh, the best looking face, really. Um, and so when we see a face over and over and over and over again, I suspect what's happening there is that it gets factored into the averages disproportionately. So over time, the more we see it, the more average our brains believe that face is. So, um, you want to become more attractive to a certain particular someone? Show up in their lives a lot. Now, <laughs> does that mean that you stalk their ass and just pop up in their shower? Um, no. <laughs> don't hang out in their bushes. Don't, yeah, just don't stalk them. Um, but, Studies have basically shown that if you happen to be within close proximity with someone, if you happen to be run into them over and over and over again, um, you are much more likely to start up a romance with them. And similarly, uh, the further apart that couples get, the further apart that people are, the less likely they are to maintain that relationship over time. I suspect this has a lot to do with the fact that we're just really bad at at remembering people and what they mean to us when we don't see them regularly. Um, there's a fascinating article that I read a while ago that was arguing about how we need to see people at least once a week or they start falling out of our inner circle for the same reason why church is every single week, right? You go long enough of a time without contact with someone, um, eventually the emotions that we feel towards them fade, right? Emotions are very fickle. Um, and if they aren't reinforced over time, time and time and time again, uh, eventually they get lost. So, um, those are my tips for you this week. <laughs> One, wear red. Two, pick an exciting date, something to get his blood pounding and be next to him when it happens. And three, if you can, sit next to the person that you're interested in engaging with. Start attending areas uh, where you would uh, normally run into someone that you find attractive. Like, what is your type? Do you like bookish people? Then hang out at the library where you're more likely to run into that person and become a regular there. And that is all the time that we have for today. My name is Rob Wong, and this has been another episode of the Great Date Guy podcast. We'll catch you next week. Thank you.